If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in John chapter 13. If you didn't bring a Bible, Glow Bible as I call it, your phone, that's great. Uh, there are Bibles on the table for you as well if you need that. But we're, we're going to take, uh, take a little, uh, a little adventure together this morning and talk about Crosswalk Pflugerville. Um, it's, it's been a while for us as a group since we've talked about who we are. And so this morning, we're going to spend some time together, and we're going to talk specifically about our vision, our values, and our mission. Um, and again, you know, for all of us, this is, this is good for us to keep these things in front of us at, at all times and, and just to remember who we are and why we are. And it's not just to talk about us as a church or as I love to refer to it now, our family. This, all of these things apply to us each individually as well. These, these aren't just statements and things that are about Crosswalk Pflugerville. These are things that for us as followers of Christ are who we are, who our or what our values are, what our mission is, and what our vision should be. So this is, uh, th this is good for, uh, for all of us uh, to understand these things and critical for us as individuals to remember these things. Um, and, and again, as who we are as Christ followers. So let's start out John chapter 13. Uh, we're we're going to look at two different, or two verses, not two different verses, they are different, but two verses from John chapter 13, and these verses are for me, um, they truly are life verses, because there's a lot that's taught to us in these two verses, and we're, we're going to start out with what we call our values. We have three values, loving God, loving people, and serving both. And this is the basis, this John chapter 13 is the basis for our first value statement of loving God. And there's, there's two parts to this. Um, so let's, let's read those verses. And again, these are, these are the words of Christ himself as he's talking to his disciples at what we know as and what we refer to as the Last Supper. When they had gathered together for the Passover meal just prior uh, to his crucifixion. And in that setting, he shared a lot of things with his disciples. And John, and, and this is what I love about studying and reading the book of John. John tells us and relates these events and these stories to us as an eyewitness. That's what is so neat about, for me, the book of John. Because as we read this, we're reading from an individual who was there, who saw, who heard, who felt, who was part of what was going on. So he's telling us as a, as a first-person witness of these words, and he's telling us so that we can understand and we can believe these truths because it's, he's relaying it to us firsthand, just like if we are firsthand witnesses to something, when we tell somebody the story, our credibility is even higher 
because, and I'm not saying John's credibility is higher than anybody else, but it, just relating it to us in, in a way that we can understand that firsthand witness credibility to the story. But John chapter 13, these two verses, uh, words of Jesus Christ to his disciples around the table. Um, we're starting in verse 34. I don't think I've said that. He says, Jesus says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So loving God and, and Jesus telling the disciples, you should love others as I have loved you. Our God, and this is, this is where we start to break down these two different uh, two different aspects of loving God. And the question that comes from that is, what does that look like? And the first part is, as God has loved us, God loves us, and we should love other people. And I know for some of us, sometimes there's, there's a catch to that idea. Um, and even sometimes as we're going through life, there's things that as they happen, you know, we can, we can sit and think and relate the idea, well, God loves me, but how, how does that translate to my life right now with everything that's going on? Anybody ever had those thoughts? You know, how, how, can, I, how can I wrap my, my brain around the fact that God loves me when everything that's going on in my life and it just it feels like he's missing it feels like he's just kind of ignoring what's going on in my life it feels like maybe he's he's let me down but you know some of that for us is from a personal reflection standpoint and is the enemy working in our lives more than God speaking and living in our lives because God does love us and God loves us very much and it's it really is it's a concept that's really hard for us to grasp sometimes and we're going to get to the other side of this equation that can be even more difficult and I, I'll tell you a story in that but here's just from the standpoint of a loving God God that loves us as as we go and as we meet people and as we're sharing with people like the opportunity that we had to do yesterday one of the things that we run into over and over and over again in conversations with people was that there's been a life event. There's been something in life that has happened. Uh, there's been even something in a church life that has happened. And I've had so many conversations with people that are at the point of being frustrated with God in the stage of life that they're in or being mad at God or misunderstanding who God is because of something that happened to them somewhere in the past and they're holding on to that and allowing that to be a barrier to their relationship that they can have with a God 
the God that loves them. And this is one thing that I tell people over and over and over. And I'll tell you here this morning, if you're, if you're at that point struggling with the whole idea, how can, how can I rest in, in this idea that God loves me because of everything that's going on, what I tell people all the time and what I want to challenge you with this morning I know trust is a big word. I understand that. I wrestle with that word, trust myself. But I would ask you, just like I ask other people, give God a chance. Don't. Don't give up. Don't misunderstand. Don't walk away from. Don't, don't even just refuse. But give God a chance because the love of God that we all have, that we can share with people as we go, we are living in grace because God loves us. And despite us, God loves us. And despite us, God will use us and so that that idea of that grace that he's extended to us what I ask people all of the time and what I would ask you this morning depending on when your struggle is extend him some grace and understand it and rest in the truth that God loves us and we know that he does John three sixteen, a verse that we all know by heart I bet for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whomever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And so, you know, go back to that idea and, and that setting there with the, the disciples and, and those words that Jesus shares with the disciples. And this is, this is just from, from Heath's heart as I've studied this out and as I relate these words to me. Um, because as, as I read and I study, one of the things that I do is I like to, the best I can in my mind is to picture the scene like I'm there, like I'm hearing the words, like I'm, I'm seeing what's going on, just like John did in the setting. And Jesus is telling them, as I have loved you, you should love one another. And in that moment, this, again, this is, this is Heath as I think and as I hear Jesus speak those words to me. I know who I am. And I know, I know what he rescued me from. And for these disciples, a little bit even different thought in there. Because for me, you know, today I can look back to the cross. And I can see and I can understand what Christ did for me. And how much he loves me. But these, in that setting, in that moment, they didn't have that to look back to. That was still coming. So as I've thought through this and tried to put myself in that place you know the the idea for them was as Christ has loved me their moment of reflection and that point they went back to is when they had that first encounter with Christ for them when he called them to follow and we have those same moments in life 
as believers and as followers of Christ, we know, I know without a doubt in my life when I had that encounter with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and he called me to surrender my life to him and to follow him despite who I was. I know that God loves me. And we as a church, we want you, each of you as part of our family to know that God loves you. And we want the people outside. This isn't just for us inside like we've talked about in, in our series the last few weeks. This isn't just about membership and being here together on Sunday mornings. This is about who we are as a family in our lives as we go outside we want people to know that God loves them and we want people to know they can give him a chance but I told you a minute ago there's there's another side to this as well because God loves us and that's that's critical for us to know and to understand but there's also we love God and, and again, this, you know, this, this all may, may kind of sound like it's intertwined, and it is, um, because there's, there's doubt in the world, and there's doubt in our hearts, and there's doubt in our relationships with people, right? You know, they, there's, there's a, a truth to something that I bet a lot of us say all the time, you know, about... Um, liking somebody versus loving somebody I think I probably say it backwards from a lot of people I may not like somebody but I'm compelled to love them because God loved me first but a lot of times you know I think in life we get the notion well I, I, I kind of like them but I don't love them and I think our, our relationship with God can be the same way well I like him, but I don't love him. And then there's a, there's a fear. Love can be scary, right? And to love God means I've got to let go. I've got to let go. And, and a, a really cool story that I'll share briefly with you. This happened just a, a, a while back. One of my former students... Um, truly gave her life to Christ. She's now out of college, married, and will soon be starting her own family. But she gave her life to Christ. And I saw a picture on Facebook that her husband posted of her baptism. And so I messaged her. And it was real cool, the, the exchange that we had for a few minutes, because she went right back to this idea of loving God. And what she shared with me and she's one of those students that every week in our student ministry, um, when we would, we would be together and we would study and we would have a response time, she was one, like many others, that I prayed for literally every week because I could just see in her. She's, her feet were stuck to the floor. She was wanting, she was wanting to surrender, but her feet were stuck to the floor. And what she told me in that message that day one of the things that, and I always pray this, if, if you've noticed the way I end prayers, I, I, God, we love you, we trust you, and we need you. 
And she told me that one of the things that she was always stuck on was, and it would scare her when I said, God, we love you. Because for her and for us sometimes and for the world around us a lot of the time and in our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, to commit and to say, I love you. That means I've got to let go of my pride and my fear and my anxiety and all of the things that are me that I'm trying to hold on to. And I've got to surrender that to somebody else. And it's the same with our relationship with God. He loves us. We can stand on that truth and our hope is based in that truth. But there's a second side to that because we have to say, God, I love you. To be, and it's just a reality to be in, all in. We've got to say, God, I love you. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us if we're not ready to say that. It doesn't mean that he won't use us if we're not ready to say that. But there he is, there's that, that level of commitment. And as a church, that is one of our values, loving God. Again, that's what we want people to know, is that God loves them and that they can Love God, let go of themselves, and grow in a relationship with Him. And that's, that's just who we are as a church, and again, who we are and should be as believers and as followers of Christ. So, loving God. Our second value, loving people. In your Bibles, go almost to the back of the New Testament. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, I'll give you just a, a, a second as, as you get there because this especially will tie to that idea of as I have loved you, you should love others. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world and that love that God has for us and through that relationship that we have for him should compel us and should be for us a, a heartfelt desire for others to experience that love. So loving God leads to loving people. 1 John chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 9, and I think there's one of these verses that's on the slide, not quite all of them, but um, starting in verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Again, ties right to John 16 to John chapter 13. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we, if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. Loving God, loving people. And here's, again, that word, that word compel and that desire of our hearts for people to know that God loves them and for people to know that we love them. And again, because God loves us. This, is, this all 
extends from and grows from that basis of our loving God. And you know what we do in life, and it's just, it's what we do, and we've got to get so much better at this. We've got to get so much better at this. But when it comes to people or groups, we put definitions on people. And we put barriers and restrictions on people. And we use all kinds of different words and categories. You know, you and not me and my neighbor and my friend and different brother, sister, humanity. I mean, we've got all of these different words that we tie in or are used to describe different people. And there shouldn't be... Ah, there shouldn't be a difference in the way that we describe people. Amen? There shouldn't be a difference in the way we describe people. We're all God's creation. We're all God's perfect creation. We're all created the same. We're all created equal. And we're all loved by God. So instead of descriptors on who people are, for us as a church and for us as believers, our value should be loving people. Loving people. And what that looks like, first, living life with authenticity. For people to know, and, and, and this is scary, for people to know who we are, first, believe believers but for people to know who we are as individuals that's relationship with people that's that's spending time with people engaging people because the the truth is for all of us we all have a story and all of our stories are being written continually each and every day and the the fact is for all people we all have a story, and all of our stories are important. So as we're loving people, engaging people, living authentically with people, exposing them to the love of God through that intentionality, we get to learn their stories. and They get to learn our stories. And what people can come to realize really quickly through those relationships is that we're alike. We have issues. We have faults. We have perfections. We have joy. We have sadness. We have all hiccuped and fallen. We have all lived life. And as, as we engage with people sharing the love of God and loving people where they are for who they are as God's creation. It shares with them the importance of knowing that they can love God as well. And, and I use this phrase often, used it, a couple of times even yesterday talking to some people, what we always want folks to know for us as a church, for us as individuals, as believers in those relationships, but for a, an idea for us as a church, this, and, and catch this, 
This is not a place that you're invited. This is a place that you're welcome. And we want people to know that they are welcome and that they are loved. They're loved by God first, but they're loved by us as well. And that, that brings in our mission statement, our mission statement to live a life of grace in such a way that it leads others to Christ or strengthens their relationship with Christ as they experience the love that he has for them and they experience the love that we have for them, leading them deeper in that relationship with Christ. So loving God, loving people, and then our last value in the, in the list, serving both. And I'm going to ask you to go all the way back to John again. We're going to go to John chapter 4 and read a couple of verses in John chapter 4 from an account. Uh, this, is, this is an account of what we, um, what we know as, if I could get in the right book, uh, we know as the woman at the well, the encounter that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman. Uh, but in, in the, the idea of, of serving people and serving God, there's, there's three words in here that, that I want us to definitely catch. But uh, John chapter 4, we'll start in verse 3, and uh, we're going to read 3 through 8. And it says, so he left Judea, this is Jesus, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. Verse 4, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. And we're, we're going we're gonna to stop right there for this morning. And there's, oh, there's just a, a ton of stuff in that account that one day we will, we will spend some time and, and we'll, uh, we'll dig into that. But I told you there were, th there were three key words that are so very important for that and for us as our value of of serving God and serving others those three words had to go and here's here's kind of the the key for uh, for understanding those three words he had to go it says he had to go through Samaria on his way from Judea to Galilee and if, if we read those words a lot like we do in the English language, had to go, that you would just assume that he just, that was the only way to get there. But that's not the reality. The reality is he could have gone another way. He could have avoided, he could have avoided, and again, we don't have time to, to go through all of this today, but avoided a people group that his people group didn't always associate with. But it says he had to go. Here's the key to that. And, and for us as our hearts, as we're serving God and we're serving others, Jesus had to go because there was an appointment for him with that woman that day. 
He had to go. He was compelled to go to meet that woman and to share with her that day. And for us, here, here's again that, that whole idea of what we're talking about. Loving God. We love God. He loves us. Loving people. And that compels us. That compels us to serve people. So for us, those three words are so very important and so very critical as we demonstrate God's love, as we live our life and live our love out loud with purpose, is we have to go. We don't get as a church to just sit by and come together on Sunday mornings and just hang out and do nothing else. And we don't get to as individual followers of Christ just to sit somewhere and stay inside some walls and be happy and be content because God loves us. We have to go. Really, I mean, it's really that simple. We have to go. We have to go and tell. And as a value for us as a church, as we're living out our mission to draw people closer to Christ, we have to go. We have to go and tell. As we, in our vision statement, as we're building a community where people grow closer to each other because they're growing closer to God. We want people to understand and to know that love of God. And we want to invite them into this community, into this family to be a part so that they can grow deeper as we're growing deeper. But as we live our lives, we have to go. Have to go. Um, I think it sounded like I said half. Have. H-A-V-E. We have to go. We're compelled to go by the love of God. Not just because it's vision and value statements on a piece of paper that sound good and kind of rhyme and sound clever. But it's because as followers of Christ, we've experienced that love of God. And we love him in return because he loves us. We love our neighbors because he loved us, as he loved us. And then as we go serving God, we're serving people around us because it compels us to do what he's called us to do. So, how do, how do, we, how do we even start that? I'm going to share with you this morning as Lisa and Joe get ready to, uh, to come up uh, to lead us in worship again. This, this idea, and it, it, can, it can sound like an idea uh, that's easy to talk about or just good to talk about, but it's a, it's a reality for us as followers of Christ. There's a time when we, just like I did and many have done in this room when we say, Father, I can't do this, God, I need you. And we surrender our lives to Christ because we realize and we come to know that love that he has for us. And what that means is that we come to, we come to an understanding of that, the truth that we are all sinners, separated from God, and that that 
sin in our lives, that sin in our heart, that, that separation that we have from him, what we deserve for that is an eternal separation from him. But God, but God loves us and God wants us to know him, to believe in him, to have a relationship with him. And he's ready for that relationship with us when we say yes. So this morning, as we worship together, if you're here today and there's never been a time when you've said yes, we would love to talk to you about that this morning. I'll be in the back. Karen will be in the back as well. Um, and we would love to visit with you and to talk to you about what that surrender means. To give of yourself to follow Christ and to know the love that he has for you and to know what it means from the word that if we call on his name, we will be saved. And so as we worship, if he's calling you this morning, respond. We'll be back there to talk to you. If, if in life, like we talked about in the very beginning, if there's been one of those times when life has happened and you've thrown your hands up and it's just like, I just, I, I, I just can't understand how God can love me with all of this stuff going on in my life, we would love to pray with you this morning and, and to, to talk with you about that hope that you know that you have in Christ and to pray with you that, um, that you could be renewed in your strength in his love. So as we worship, if, if that's where you are this morning, find us. We would love to pray with you this morning. But however God is leading you to respond this morning as we worship, don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, I, I can take care of this some other time. Respond to him this morning. Give him your life this morning. And just see, just see what he can do in your heart today. So let's pray and let's worship together and let's respond as he's calling us. Father, this morning we do, we, we honor you. And God, this morning our prayer, my prayer, for each of us is that our answer, our surrender to you would just simply be yes. And God, I pray this morning for someone in the room that's just struggling, God, that they would respond to your call this morning, whether it's that first time surrender or renewal of their strength in you. So God, you have your way as we worship and we will say yes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up once again to end our service and to worship.